people on. They're awesome. Appreciate them so much tonight. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Do you have a Bible tonight? Amen. If you would open your Bibles tonight to the book of Job. We, were, we, we ministered from the book of Job a couple of weeks ago and um, uh, on Sunday morning. But I want you to turn again to the book of Job tonight. I want to read a couple of verses for my text. Just share a few thoughts with you this evening about a God that can do everything. He's a can-do Jesus. How many can say amen to that? How many believe that tonight, that he can do anything and everything? Well, look with me tonight here in Job chapter number 42. Verse number 1 says this, Then Job answered the Lord. Now, you know, a couple of weeks ago when I preached from Job about the snow, the treasures of the snow, we talked about, we talked about the questioning that God, the interrogation that God put Job under. And now Job answers the Lord and says, verse 2, I know that you can do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. And I want to call your attention to those words that Job said to the Lord. I know that you can do everything. Praise God. Father, bless the Word of God tonight and, and just open our hearts, our ears, our understanding to receive what you have for your people tonight. I ask it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen and amen. Thou canst do everything. In the New Living Translation, it says this, says it this way, I know that you can do any, anything and no one can stop you. I kind of like that, don't you? These uh, are the words of Job, a man that we are very familiar with, an individual in the Bible that uh, we are aware of the things that he went through. Um, he went through one of the most difficult times severe times of trial and testing of anyone that anyone could ever be called upon to go through. Uh, when we go through our times of trial, we think, and probably to us it is, we are being tested and we are being tried and we are going through some difficult times. But Job went through things, I'm telling you, like probably none of us have ever experienced Satan attacked him in every way. I mean, literally, Satan literally stripped him of everything that he had. He had been, Satan had been before the Lord. You know the story. Have you considered my servant Job? And, and the Lord gave the devil some latitude, and he came and he stripped Job. Satan did of his wealth, uh, of his family, and then eventually of his health, 
And um, many Bible theologians say, we wonder how long, you know, it's 42 chapters there. You read in the book of Job and many Bible theologians and commentaries that you can study this say that Job's trial lasted, they say, between nine months, probably nine months and a year. But uh, he went through some times of discouragement. When you read the book of Job, you find that, that Job didn't understand everything that was happening to him. He didn't have the revelation. You know, he couldn't turn to Job chapter 1 and 2 and say, oh, this is what's going on. He didn't know that it was Satan that was attacking him. And many times throughout the book of Job, Job and Job's friends as well accused God of doing the things that were happening to Job. And actually, all along, it was Satan that was causing the problems. And Job didn't understand everything that was happening and that was going on. But in this text, in Job chapter 42, by the way, this is the, uh, the very last chapter of the book of Job. And after Job had faced an interrogation by the Lord and a barrage of questions from the Lord... Job, finally, he opens his mouth and he answers God, and he says, God, I know that you can do everything. Job was saying, you are a can-do God. There's nothing that you cannot do. And you know what? That's the kind of attitude that we need to appropriate tonight as, as, as believers. Uh, Christians, I believe, and I think you will agree with me, that we as Christians are to be people of faith. The Bible says that we live by faith. Amen. We walk by faith. Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians, I believe it was, 5 and 8. But anyway, he said that we walk, might have been 2 Corinthians, but he said we walk by faith and not by sight. We live by faith. Actually, we are called believers. Isn't that what Christians are called? We're called believers because we believe God. We believe in God. And not only do we believe in God, but we believe the Word of God. We believe the Scriptures. So we, as uh, people of faith, we live by faith. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4 says that the just shall live by his faith. And that verse there in Habakkuk chapter 2 is quoted by Paul in Romans chapter 1 verse 17 and some other places it's quoted in the New Testament. But Paul says it in Romans 1 and 17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. And then he quotes Habakkuk says, As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Paul said this in Galatians 2 and 20, a very familiar verse of Scripture. But he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I that live. It's not I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And he said, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and died for me. So, praise God, we are living a life by faith. 
And when you're living by faith, that means you're, you're believing the promises of God even when you don't see or it doesn't look like things are working out the way that, uh, that you thought they should or that you had hoped that they would. You've got to plant your faith and your confidence and your trust in the Word of God. And by the way, it was 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 where Paul said we walk by faith and not by sight not by what we see. Praise God. we got to believe the Word of God in spite of everything that we may be facing in our life tonight. So your faith is in, in, in a can-do God. How many's got faith in a can-do God? How many believes that God is a can-do God that, as Job said, God, you can do everything. There's nothing that you cannot do. Come on, amen? I believe that tonight. Hallelujah. Now, God, as Job says here, and this text is, is and I'm going to give us some other scriptures here that verify this, this thought as that God can do anything and everything. Everything. And I, I don't believe that anybody here would uh, disagree with that at all. But Jeremiah, and I read this text this morning, this verse this morning uh, in the service. But Jeremiah said it in Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen, and I'll read it to you again, where he said, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heaven and the earth, and by your great power and stretched out arm, and there is, there is nothing too hard for thee. There's nothing too hard for you. Jeremiah knew a God that had created everything by his mighty power. And I'm telling you what, if God, if God, you know, if you can get past, if you can get past Genesis 1-1, you got her made. In the beginning, God, amen, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I mean, God did that. If he, by his mighty power and by his stretched out arm can create everything that we see the heavens and the earth and the sun and the moon and the stars and the planets everything in this universe and then create mankind by his mighty power we have to say as Jeremiah there is if you God if you can do all that if you can do all of that there's nothing too hard for you if you can make this if you can form this body and make this body and create this physical body and cause it to function and operate the way that it does, then I believe that you can heal this body when it needs healing. I believe you can touch this body and give it strength because there's nothing too hard for the Lord. You remember when uh, when God appeared with some angels to Abraham at the tent and he told Abraham that Sarah was going to have a, 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 a son, a child. And they were up in years now. They were up in age and by this time next year he said Sarah's going to have a baby and, and Sarah laughed in the tent remember that and she was laughing and, and God said why is Sarah laughing and God said is anything too hard for the Lord man I'm telling you what God can do 
anything and everything, whatever you need tonight, God can do it. Moses knew this to be a fact. Moses knew this to be true. And in Deuteronomy chapter 3 and verse 24, listen to what Moses said. He said, O Lord God, thou hast begun to show thy servant thy greatness and thy mighty hand for what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do (laughs) according to your works and according to your might. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, just as Job and Jeremiah and Moses, just as these great men, you and I as well must believe and we must declare that God is able to do anything and everything. All of the great heroes of faith base their faith on God and what God was able to do. And they knew that God could do anything and everything whenever he chose to do he could do and that there was nothing impossible with him amen I love the story of 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 Jonathan Saul's son Jonathan and his armor bearer when they were in a in a very precarious situation Israel's armies had been reduced to only 600 people and 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 uh, 600 soldiers and most of them didn't have sufficient weapons and they were coming against a group of Philistines that were they were well outnumbered uh, uh, Saul's army was and Jonathan and his armor bearer decided Jonathan got some faith and he decided that him and his armor bearer would just go them too against the camp of the Philistines. And I love what Jonathan said in, in 1 Samuel 14, 6. It said that Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, come and let us go over into the garrison of these circumcised. It may, uncircumcised, it may be that the Lord will work for us. Listen to what he says. For there is no restraint to the Lord. There is no restraint to the Lord to save by many are by few. In other words, he's saying, listen, God can do anything. And it don't matter if there's 600 or 1,000 or there's just us two, you and me. He said, God is not restrained by the number of people. God is not restrained by the circumstances. God can do anything. The New Living Translation says that there's nothing that can hinder the Lord. There's no restraint to the Lord. Nothing can hinder him. There is only one thing, folks, that can and hinder the Lord from working and moving in your life and that is when you and I just don't believe his word and don't trust in him amen that's when you and I get off base in some way but as long as you will believe him as long as you will know that he can and not only that he can we'll see here in a minute not only that he can a lot of people will say that he can but you've got to believe that he can and that he will do what he has promised to do in his word. Come on, can I get an amen tonight? Well, give him praise. Amen. Hallelujah. We know he can, but we got to believe also that he will. Jesus can and get it now, will give you what you need in your life. How many believes that tonight? 
He can. Yeah, but Brother Rick, you don't know my situation. Well, I don't have to know your situation. I know Jesus. I know, I know the Almighty tonight. Amen. And you've got to know this, folks. You've got to know, and I know you do. I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight, but I just want to refresh your memory. You've got to know that Jesus, first of all, he is on your side. He's for you. And he desires to give us, to give to us in a way that will produce great joy in our life. How many of y'all know that Jesus wants you to be joyful? He doesn't want us to be uh, an old sourpuss. Come on, somebody. Amen? I said this before. The Bible said that the saints are preserved, not pickled. Amen? So, <laughs> so <laughs> Brother, Sham Brother Shambach used to talk about Christians that, that looked like they'd been <laughs> sucking on green persimmons all day long. You know, they just didn't have any of the joy of the Lord at all in their life. But, but the Lord wants us to have great joy in our lives. And one of the ways that, that one of the things that produces joy in us are, in our life is when the Lord answers prayer, when he meets our needs, when he gives us the things that we have been praying for and asking for. But we've got to believe that Jesus can give to us whatever we have need of, that he can, he can supply our need. John 16, 23 and 24 is a marvelous promise that the Lord that the Lord gave concerning uh, prayer and concerning answered prayer. In John chapter 16, listen to the words of Jesus. Verse 23 and 24, he says this. And in that day, in that day he is speaking of, there is the day that he, he would be crucified, raised from the dead, and go back to the Father. In that day, he said, you shall ask me nothing, but verily, verily, I say to you. Now, Jesus is saying, verily, verily, or most assuredly, or truly, truly. So he's saying, get what I'm about ready to tell you, because what I'm saying to you is the truth. He said, verily, verily, I say to you that, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Now, does he really mean what he says? Whatsoever you shall ask, of course, listen, of course we know that, it, that, that the qualifier there is that it has to be something that he's promised us in his word. Amen. But as long as it's been promised by the Lord in his word and it's been provided through the finished work of the cross, then we are invited by the Lord and encouraged by the Lord to ask the Father in the name of Jesus. And Jesus said that what? What? And, and he might give it you. Or he, uh-huh, no, no. He said he will give it you. Amen? And then he said this in verse 24. Hitherto or up unto this time you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that what your joy may be full. That's talking about knowing that the Lord will answer your prayer. A God that can and will. A God that has the ability to do so. How many is with me tonight? Turn with me to Matthew. Over to Matthew real quick, to the, to the uh, ninth chapter of the book of Matthew. I love this. 
Matthew chapter 9 is the, is, is, gives the story here of a couple of blind men. In verse number 27 of Matthew chapter 9. Are you there? Matthew chapter 9. I'm not going to be very long, so don't get worried. Verse 27, it says, When Jesus departed from thence, two blind men followed him crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he, when Jesus was coming to the house, the blind, man, the blind men came to Jesus, and Jesus said to them, listen, what the, now, now here's what Jesus asked them. There's two blind guys. They are wanting healing. They're crying out for mercy. They're asking the Lord for healing. A lot of people tonight are needing, needing healing in their bodies. And that's what these guys needed. They needed to be healed. And, and uh, they, they followed Jesus to the house and they came to Jesus. And notice the question that Jesus asked them. Look what it says. He says, believe you or do you believe that I am able to do this? Jesus is locating them and where their faith is. And Jesus is trying to get them to acknowledge their faith that, he, that they believe that he can open the eyes of the blind. He's a blind man healer. Come on, somebody. And, uh, and, and he said, do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, what they say? Well, I don't know. We've heard stories about it, and we're really hoping so. Maybe you can. Maybe you can. We don't know. We're just here to try to find out. That isn't what they said at all. They said, yay, Lord. I like that. Yay, Lord. Yes, Lord. We believe that you are able to do that. And then verse 29 says that Jesus touched their eyes saying this, and here's the key, ladies and gentlemen. Here's, here's the key. Here's a principle that's found all throughout the Word of God in the New Testament. Jesus touched their eyes saying what? According to your faith be it unto you. Let me tell you, everything that you get from God, everything that you will receive from Him, every answered prayer, every healing, whatever you need tonight. God is moved by faith. Come on. And when you believe him and when you trust him and Jesus says it's according to our faith. Amen. We've got to believe. He that cometh to God must believe that he what? That he is and that he is what? A rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I'm glad to know I serve a God tonight that can. I'm glad I'm glad to know tonight I serve a God that's able. I'm glad to know tonight I serve a God that's not only able, but he's also willing and he will do whatever that you can believe him to do in your life tonight. Well, praise God. Amen. Yeah, but Brother Rick, that's, you know, I know what it says about I believe he can, but I don't. No, for sure, if he will. How I many has ever struggled with that? Huh? Anybody? Just me. Huh? <laughs> We've all struggled with that, haven't we? Well, I know that God can do anything, but I don't know if he will. Turn to Mark chapter 1. I know we all know this. This is review night. Just want to encourage you a little bit. 
Mark chapter 1, another, another instance here of Jesus healing someone. In Mark chapter 1, verse number 40, it says that there came a, a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying to him, to the Lord, if you will, thou can make me clean. Okay, now, see where he's at? He's saying the same thing Job said. You can heal me. I know you can make me clean. And I don't know how many people, folks, that I've prayed for in my life for healing that have come through a prayer line and, and you'd ask them, you know, what are you here for? And they'd tell you and say, well, are you, do you believe God is going to heal you tonight? Well, I know he can. <laughs> Amen. Well, that's a start. <laughs> well, I know he can. I know he can. But see, and that's, that's, the, that's the start. You've got to know that he can and believe that he can. But that's not the end of it, see. This leper knew that he could. He said, I know that you can. If you will, you can make me clean. He knew Jesus could heal him. He knew that Jesus could cleanse him of his leprosy. But he didn't know for sure if he would do it. The will of the Lord was not known here in this in this. Uh, in this leper's mind, he hadn't clarified the will of God if it was the will of the Lord for him to be healed. How many people do you know that are in that same situation tonight that will say, well, I know God can, but I just don't know if he will. Is it the will of the Lord to heal my body? Is it the will? Listen, I'm going to, I'm going to say this, and I think most of y'all know me, and you, and if you've been around me and, and, and my preaching for very long, you know what I believe about this, that I believe based on not, not, not my own ideas, not what I think, but I believe based on the Word of God that healing of the body for the believer is the will of God for every believer to be healed by the power of God. Amen. I, I can't, I can't, I can't pray for the sick in faith if I'm, if I'm wondering everybody that comes up there saying, well, I wonder if it's God's will to heal this one. I wonder if it's God's will to heal that one. And, and, and I don't have all the answers why everybody isn't healed, but I do know that the price was paid on that cross by the stripes of Jesus. He has purchased and paid for our healing. It is healing is in the atoning work of Christ. We believe that. It's Bible. It's part of our doctrine of faith, our statement of faith, that we believe that divine healing for the body of the believer is in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross and you've got to settle it in your heart and settle it in your mind that God does want me well and healed by his stripes we were healed come on somebody needs to praise the Lord tonight amen he said, if you will, I, I know you can, but I don't know, will you? If you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus, listen, Jesus settled the issue. I believe right here in verse 41 of Mark 1, verse 41, it says, and Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, 
and touched him and said unto him, what's those two words? I will be thou clean. I will. He said, if you will. Jesus said, I will. I like the New King James that says it this way. The, the leper says, if you are willing. And Jesus said, I'm willing. I'm willing. I want to. And, and he was moved. Notice that he was moved with compassion and, and toward this leper. Do you believe that Jesus still has compassion today? And I know people have taught and teach that the only reason that the Lord performed miracles in the Bible was in, in his earthly ministry was to prove, to prove that he was the Son of God. But you know what? And did those miracles prove that? Did those miracles guarantee his 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 the authenticity of who he was? They they did because the the the, the Son of God could only do that. But that was not the purpose of those miracles. Every time he reached out and touched somebody, over and over, you read in the Gospels that he was moved with compassion toward them and healed their sick. I'm telling you what, he was moved. The same Jesus tonight is alive and well and is in this service here tonight and he still moved with compassion for everyone that is sick, everyone that is afflicted, everyone that's in need. He's a can-do God tonight and he can heal and he wants to heal and he will heal but he's looking for you and me to believe him for that healing in our bodies and in our lives. That he is the healer and he wants to. We got to get to where that leper was. Jesus said, I will, I am, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy, the leprosy was gone and that man was healed. Praise God. He's a healer tonight. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I'm almost done. I'm wore out. Preached too much this morning. Praise God. Go with me to Mark chapter 9. We're there in Mark. Flip over to Mark chapter 9. I know this is a little hoiky joiky tonight. <laughs> Praise God. Mark chapter 9. Oh, praise the Lord. Is everybody happy tonight? All right. Stay with me. Mark chapter 9. Here's the account of Jesus delivering a man's son from a demon spirit. You know this story. A man had brought his demon-possessed child to the disciples while Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration. And these disciples, they tried to get this boy delivered, and they couldn't. And when Jesus, Peter, James, and John come down from the Mount of Transfiguration, the Bible says that Jesus saw a great crowd gathered around the disciples, and he thought, now what have they done? Well, it doesn't say that, but I'm sure that's what he's thinking. What's going on here? And he goes over there to find out what was happening, and the man said, I brought my son, my child, my son, to your disciples. He has a verse 17 of that ninth chapter of Mark says, he, um, he, he, he says, I brought unto you my son which has a, a dumb spirit. 
And wheresoever he takes him, he tears him and he foams and he gnashes with his teeth and he pines away. And he said, I I, I spoke to your disciples that they should cast him out and they could not. And Jesus answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long will I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And so they brought this boy to Jesus. And when the boy saw Jesus, straightway the spirit tear him. And he fell down on the ground and wallowed foaming. He's, he's having some kind of a convulsion. This spirit that's possessing him is causing him at the, at the side of Jesus to go into convulsions. And Jesus asked him, how, how, asked the father, how long has it ago since this, since this came to him? And he said, since he was a child. And oftentimes it casts him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But listen to what the father says to Jesus. In his time of desperation, he says, but if you can do anything... Have compassion on us and help us. Notice what he said. I mean, he's, he, he, he's at, at his wit's end. And he said, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And notice verse 23. Jesus turns it right back to him. And Jesus answers him and said to him, if you can believe... All things are possible to him that believes. In other words, Jesus is saying to him, he doesn't even acknowledge what he said about if you can do anything because Jesus can do anything and he can do everything. Amen? But Jesus turns it right back to him and says, no. Basically, he said, it's not about whether I can or not. It's can you. What can you? If you can believe, you've got to believe. If you can believe all things, not just some things, but all things. Listen, he's giving us, ladies and gentlemen, the, the power, showing us the power of faith and what can happen and what will happen and what can be produced when a man, a woman that knows God when a church, a body of believers will believe God and believe his word and stand if you can believe all things are possible. What is it you have need of tonight? What is it that is so, that is bearing down on you tonight that seems impossible in your life if you can believe him all things are possible there's nothing too hard for the Lord can I get an amen in this house tonight Woo! oh we gotta have a bit I forgot about that That man said, Lord, with tears in his eyes, Lord, I believe. I believe. See, he confessed his faith. I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. What was he saying? I believe. I know you can do it. But he was having some doubts, right? Anybody? I know we all, none of us ever been there, have we? Huh? Huh? We all have. He said, Lord, help my unbelief. I'm, I'm believing you, but I'm, I'm struggling with some doubts. Somebody said, well, then, you know, if you're, if you're trying to believe, but you got some doubts, you're not going to get an answer. This guy did. Huh? 
Did he? Well, let's look and see. Lord, help my unbelief. And Jesus saw that the people came running together. Verse 25, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying in him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead for much as, as many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. Did the man get his miracle? Did his son get set free? Did his boy get delivered from the powers of darkness and from that demon spirit? You better believe he got set free because this guy believed of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Do you think he ever had another convulsion? Do you think the demon spirit ever tormented him anymore? I don't believe that he ever did because Jesus said, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And I'm telling you when Jesus gave that charge there was no way that devil's getting back in that boy there was a miracle took place because there's nothing that God can't do and there's nothing that's too hard for our Lord he can do everything why don't you give him a praise tonight he can do Woo! he can do everything amen Oh, hallelujah. I got to close this out. What time we got? 7 o'clock. I love Ephesians 3.20. This is the God that we serve here tonight. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him who, unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. He's the God that's able to go exceeding abundantly above and do all above all we can ask or think. The Amplified says it this way, that He's able to carry out His purpose and do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. I've heard Brother Swaggart say it many times that his grandma, teaching him the things of God, told him over and over again, Jimmy, Ask large of God. Ask big things from God. He's a big God. Ask big. And I think that's the problem that we have so much is we're afraid to ask and stretch our faith and believe God for big things and miraculous things even though we know and we believe that He can do anything. He can do anything and He can do everything. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. And I'm going to close with one more verse of Scripture in Romans chapter 4. Turn over there with me, if you will. In Romans, the fourth chapter. Is this all right tonight? Is everybody okay? 
Can you stand one more verse? You're getting it anyway. <laughs> Praise God. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Talking about Abraham. I love this. This is probably another one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Verse number 18, talking about Abraham believing God for the birth of Isaac, for that son, for that miracle. And it says in verse 18, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And look at verse 19, and being, talking about Abraham, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And here it is, and being fully persuaded, and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. That was where the faith of Abraham was. He was not part of the way, not halfway, but he was fully persuaded that what God had said to him and promised him, that God was able to perform it. Do you believe that he's able to do it tonight? Do you believe that he can do everything tonight? I believe that. Amen. Stand with me tonight. We need that same kind of a faith that Job had. And we need that same kind of a faith that that man with the demon-possessed son had. We need that same kind of a faith that Abraham had. That will cause us to be fully persuaded tonight that what God has promised us, that He is able to perform it. And when we're fully persuaded of that and we fully believe that, then we will do what Abraham did. The Bible said that he gave glory to God. In other words, on the promise of God before, I mean with no evidence, he's a, he's a hundred. And Sarah's 90. And it's impossible for them to have a child in the natural. But he's going along praising God, giving glory to God, thanking God for the answer just based on the promise because God had caused him to be fully persuaded to know in his heart that what God had said he would do, he'd do. And I'm going to tell you tonight that what God has promised you, God wants to do it for you. And he will do it for you if you will believe him. He's just looking for simple faith. Amen. Faith is not difficult. Faith is not hard. It's just believing that promise and being able to give God thanks and praise for the promise. Just what he said before you even see it with your eye. Amen. To thank him and praise him for that healing. Even before you see it manifested. But you can thank him that his word says. Lord you said you are Jehovah Rapha. The Lord that healeth me. And I believe that and I thank you for it. Amen.